0: You're listening to Drones in America on Market Scale. Your host, Grant Guillot leads the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team for the law firm of Adams and Reese. Every week, he will be chatting with leaders, influencers, and experts who are impacting the rapidly growing commercial drone industry in the United States to help us through the complex web of technology and policy. Welcome back to Drones in America by MarketScale. I'm your host, Grant Guiot, and I lead the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team at the law firm of Adams and Reach. This week, I am joined by three drone service providers who will discuss the innovative, the innovative ways they are assisting with social distancing and economic recovery in light of the COVID 19 pandemic. My guests are Ian and Ace, CEO of Zing. Cameron Chell, CEO of Dragonfly, and Ryan Walsh, CEO of Akari. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Uh, Ian, why don't we start with you? Tell me a little bit about yourself and the great things that you're doing with Zing.
1: Hey, Grant. Happy to be here. Zing is a platform that enables over 170,000 licensed pilots in the United States to make deliveries for compensation using the same drones that they already fly. So we turn the most common DJI drones such as the Mavic, Phantom, and Inspire into fully autonomous last mile delivery robots within the current FAA regulatory framework. You can think of it like Uber Eats except our drivers are part 107 pilots.
0: So what are among the things that you guys deliver? Are you focused more on prescriptions or food or what are you delivering right now?
1: Right now we're more focused on food. There's a lot of restaurants out there right now who are looking for alternative, viable methods of delivery.
0: And you guys are based out of Florida, right?
1: Yeah, we're down here in St. Petersburg.
0: Cameron, tell me a little bit about Dragonfly.
2: Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Great honor to be on with uh, you, Ian, and Ryan. Uh, Dragonfly is the oldest operating uh, commercial drone manufacturer in uh, North America. We've been in uh, business since 1998. Uh, we're kind of known for doing a lot of innovations. So, you know, the original quadcopter that uh, was commercialized was us The first video, the first thermal cameras, um, the first uh, spotlights, you know, really simple things like that, uh, right through to today where uh, we have technology on board, where we can actually identify fever, not just temperature, but we can identify fever, heart rate, respiratory rates. Um, we're, I think maybe if we're known for anything is our specialized sensors and capability to deliver a drone package to our customers that give them a strategic advantage because of the data that they can collect.
0: Thanks, Cameron. Ryan, uh, tell me a little bit about Vacari.
3: Sure, Grant, and thank you so much for having me on. And it's it's great to be with you guys, uh, Cameron and Ian. Um, We've been working on our technology for quite some time, and we're really focusing on the endpoint infrastructure, uh, creating universal points that are very drone agnostic so you can have um uh, automated collection of packages or sending of packages for applications such as ian's um you know or any other drone delivery for medical or meals or other items you need And, and we're really seeing the highlight of that during the quarantine and the lockdowns across the world right now
0: and ryan what one of the things that i found interesting about your company when i first learned about you guys is you kind of offer the other piece of the puzzle. When people think drone deliveries, they automatically think of the actual system itself, the actual aircraft, and then the payload. But, you know, what's cool about you guys is you work on the other end of that, and that's the receptacle with the smart mailbox.
3: (laughs) exactly a lot of people went into the industry going you know top down starting with the drone and then you know the customer was somewhat of an afterthought uh we started with the customer and how they would interface with this and how this would really scale and and you know work backwards to the drone um there's a lot of great innovations going on in drones so um that seems to be an area that's being very well developed
0: and while we're on the subject ryan why don't you tell me a little bit about how Valkyrie is assisting with the COVID-19 effort.
3: So we'd like to see more uh, potential, you know, across the industry, um, but obviously FAA regulations have, have somewhat limited uh, some of the, the scale of this. Uh, we're really focusing with a lot of our partners on how we can start delivering uh, medicines in rural settings. Um, having an autonomous rural pharmaceutical network is is imperative uh, for the people that have the hardest access to medical care. Um, and most specifically, when you, you have some in isolation being able to isolate their supply chain so if a drone can deliver a test kit to their home they can take the test put it back into our mailbox and a drone comes and takes it to a lab Uh, test positive and we can schedule drone deliveries for the next 14 days of medicine and meals and essential items Uh, so there's much less risk of community spread for that person to access medical care or the essential items they need so it's really important in isolating the supply chains just as much as the person
0: so it sounds like your company is the essential uh social distancer it allows people to maintain their distance from each other while still receiving goods via drone delivery
3: that's exactly how we're looking at it and we like to use our technology to mitigate future waves and, and prevent the uh community spread uh, in the future
0: cameron now you guys have a real interesting aspect and story in how you're assisting with this pandemic um you know, every day I say I've almost heard every single use for a drone. Um, the things drones are used for are constantly evolving. And there are things that drones are being used for today that they were not being used for uh, even five months ago. Five days ago, probably, for all we know. But one of the most interesting ways I've seen drones being used is what uh, Dragonfly has in the works. So why don't you talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Well, I'm glad you're interested. I hope uh, a lot of other people are as well. I I think one of the natural, uh, maybe unfortunate uses of drones is uh, consequence management and crowd control. You know, so putting loudspeakers on and ensuring you know being a force multiplier to ensure people are uh, you you know compliant, staying inside or not gathering in crowds. I think that's you know those are an obvious use that any drone can do. Uh, where we got focused was uh, a bit more on you know how can a drone do that but do it in a way where there's data present that helps ensure that decisions that are being made by public safety are being made with like real data not like oh we think there's a problem we better break up this crowd Uh, you know people if they're practicing social distancing and let's give evidence that they are or they aren't so we got super lucky and hooked up with one of our oldest customers, which is the University of South Australia and the Department of Defense there that, that supports them. They bought their first drone from us in 1999. It's so that they developed a technology that, that would sit on the bottom of a helicopter with a highly sensitive camera. And that camera would be able to uh, pick up visually and with uh, machine vision and AI, the um, the vital signs of people either in a post-battle situation or in a disaster relief zone. So they could then triage and determine you know, where they need to put boots on the ground to, to service what survivors with what equipment. And um, so we were tasked to help them build some equipment for some specific uh, mission uh, profiles uh, they had. Uh, and then But we quickly glommed on to what this could do for something like pandemic management or just general health monitoring. And so we've adapted that technology now, uh, which is in pilot in several places across the U.S., uh, where basically a broad health monitoring can be done simply by using cameras. So if you're doing a crowd control situation, you know if you're dealing with a crowd that has you know a two percent you know infectious um, rate uh, present or not, for example.
0: Thanks, Cameron. You know that's definitely a use for drones that. I certainly had not thought about before but that I think the public is going to become increasingly interested in. Um, there may also be some privacy implications but we'll discuss that in a little bit. Ian I want to talk to you about Zing and more about food delivery. I know during this time my friends and my family were a lot of times using food delivery services to provide food simply because we can't go eat in restaurants. Are you seeing an increased interest in a uh, food deliveries via drone as a result of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, Grant, we are definitely seeing an increased interest big time. Restaurants are really struggling right now to find any viable alternatives to takeout. So we actually have an example of a local restaurant here in St. Petersburg called Hurricane Seafood, where we've made successful drone deliveries from over the past few weeks. So the first delivery we did, I actually made the order myself. I drove out there, and picked up the food from the restaurant, and let them know what we were gonna do, and they were extremely excited to see this new use case in real life, so I, I got the uh, food from the restaurant, we went over to the del- delivery location, which was just about a minute away, and we made the delivery over a channel that is right in there that separates St. Petersburg Beach from Tierra Verde, So it was actually between two cities, but the delivery was within visual line of sight and only took about two minutes. The alternative of driving would have taken about 15 minutes by car, and you would have had to cross over a drawbridge as well as go through a toll. So this 500 home community that was on the other side of this uh, channel, it, it actually opened up that, that entire customer base to that restaurant, which previously did not have access to any of those 500 homes just because of the distance and the toll and the extra delivery, extra delivery charges that that would entail. So yeah, we are seeing a lot of interest in drone delivery right now, especially after we released that video showing the real life demonstration of that restaurant.
0: What a great use case. That's got to make you guys proud that you were able to accomplish that. And, you know, we're talking a lot about social distancing and economic recovery. And, you know, the ability to service a group of people that otherwise would not have had access to the service is just one of the amazing things that drones can do. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Cameron. I want to ask you, I had alluded to this a minute ago. Does Dragonfly foresee any issues with privacy concerns over drones flying over people, and, or not even over people, monitoring their temperature and um, other vitals from afar? Sure,
2: absolutely, it's a potential issue. The the design of the system itself right now is not uh, inherent to identify people. So the objective here isn't to find a specific person that's sick and pull them out of a lineup or a crowd. The objective here is to provide real-time data on population health, on group health, on, you know, are there statistics that can back up the fact that there might be a hotspot emerging. And that's really the role of public safety. The role of public safety is not to go and say, hey, this person, you know, needs to be pulled out of a crowd and we're going to identify them. We do use biometric measurement in the the actual uh, readings, uh, and and that's required for the AI to do its work. There's no identification software uh uh, tied back to any databases now the technology could be used in say a workplace setting um where they do want to identify specific people who are coming into a workplace but those people are being identified anyways through card swipes or things like that so there's no privacy concerns or issues there so i think for the most part it's a valid concern and i'm certainly one of those people that uh, would be concerned about that, and, and, uh, and I'm a strong advocate for uh, citizens' rights. So uh, we, we would hate to see this being used for identification-type uh, purposes other than uh, for the collection of population health.
0: Ryan, can you tell me, You know, in your opinion, Valkyrie is doing great things in providing receptacles and smart mailboxes in and, and a way to enable drone deliveries that many people have not thought about. The current regulatory environment in the United States is often criticized for being stricter than it is in other countries. Are you seeing any kind of increased FAA support for drone deliveries as a result of COVID-19?
3: Yes, it seems that there's been a big effort, um, not only in the FAA but but several government agencies to um, use this technology to advance the care and, and you know help support the social distancing. Um, it's it's important that the FAA is taking a slower approach. Um, you know it, it's not too far out of line with other countries. And we're just starting to see a lot of new use cases emerge uh, around the world. Um, but when you're dealing with aviation and you're dealing with, you know, heavy systems like drones that have the potential to, you know, damage somebody if, if you know, they're not used or flown properly, it is important to take those regulations. Um, but we do see this whole confluence of factors really being um, a, a big push to, to get this, figured out sooner rather than later. Um, So we're pretty excited about, you know, how much it's accelerated the drone industry, uh, but we do appreciate, you know, a very methodical approach that the FAA is taking.
0: Right. And in fact, um, recently the FAA updated its guidance regarding drone deliveries. And um, the FAA certainly, the impression I'm getting is they are supportive of the use of drones in the relief efforts in light of COVID-19, they just want to make sure it's done safely and within the current regulatory framework. And that's something, that framework does continue to evolve, especially with remote ID um, brewing right now. Of course, comments were due to that, I believe, in March. So we should see more on that in the coming months. But but I do think the FAA has done a great job of showing they do support the use of drones in relief efforts just making sure though however that that overall emphasis on safety is maintained at all times and and that kind of ties into what i want to talk about with um you know w- with ian S- you mentioned earlier that you're not flying beyond the line of sight that zing is not flying beyond the line of sight so you're operating obviously under part 107 right now correct
1: yes that's correct
0: So my question is, is Zing looking to expand and perhaps apply down the road for a Part 135? Or how does Zing foresee its future in terms of how it wants to be certified by the FAA?
1: That's a great question, Grant. And um, I really do want to go into detail about Part 107 and Part 135. So a common misconception about Part 107 in the United States is that drone delivery can't be completed within the current framework.
0: I read that about 20 times uh, over the past three months, and every time I cringe. (laughs) But anyway, go ahead.
1: (laughs) It's so true. I do as well. And we get a lot of commenters on social media telling us that drone delivery is not possible under Part 107, But the truth is that the FAA outlines exactly what can and can't be done under Part 107 in their advisory circular. As long as you don't cross state lines, your total payload is less than 55 pounds, and you follow all the other rules of Part 107, you can legally make drone deliveries. You may look at companies like Amazon, Google's spin-off Wing, And UPS and wonder why they're going down this long and arduous part 135 process then The reason is that under part 107 you just can't get a waiver for flying beyond visual line-of-sight If you're doing drone delivery specifically in order to make those BV loss deliveries It requires the company to get a part 135 air carrier certificate and the drone to receive a type certification they also call that a TC uh, TC is a very expensive process that makes BV loss drone delivery sort of pay to play. You basically have to put the drone through the same process and safety checks that a Boeing 747 has to go through. It's the reason you only see these billion dollar companies getting in the BV loss delivery game right now. There is a really overlooked opportunity to solve logistical problems that are within line of sight right now. So we're going to focus on scaling up through that avenue at Zing.
0: This is one of the things that Mike Blades and I talked about last week, you know, and um uh you know Tom Walker from Drone Up has talked about this before. There's so much emphasis on changing the FAA, easing the regulations, but what many drone companies are failing to do is to take advantage of all the things they really are able to do under Part 107. Um, so I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. There is that misconception out there that absolutely you cannot do any drone delivery at all under Part 107. That's not the entire truth. Um, and, and in fact, for Part 135, I believe, you know, Wing has a certification. I, I think it's a, a one pilot certification, if, if I'm not mistaken. And then UPS, yeah. of course, obtained the um, the more expansive one. But you are right, and I'm so glad that you brought that up and discussed that because that is a misconception uh, we are seeing you know and, and really this question's for any of the three of you and something that's a little um you know that that we may not have talked about beforehand, but what effects do you see remote ID having on the industry and on your operations? Cameron, I'll start with you.
2: Sure. well in terms of uh the biggest effect that we will have for us is just basically opening up more use cases so uh remote id uh any, anything that's more expansive within regulations that allows more use cases uh, to be uh utilized or done or practiced is great for us because it gives us more things to build toward so um that that would be that's our, our general take is it's, it's something uh, incredibly important it's coming it's going to take a little time but as it unfolds it'll just make the use of drones more prevalent
0: Ryan, what about Valkyrie? What What do you guys see? How do you see Remote ID affecting your operations?
3: So we've really been anticipating this. Um, we We realized this was going to be on the pipeline, um, you know, a, a couple years ago. Uh, and and our operation and communication with the drone is really reliant on that same communication channel. Uh, I recently have read a number of articles where they're saying that pretty much any commercial delivery drone is going to require a, a cellular connection or, or some other form of wireless connectivity to keep that remote ID uh, channel open. Um, and so we've really been engaging on communicating our protocols through those same networks uh, Uh, so we can build on the same uh, infrastructure so it's somewhat um, you know something we were anticipating. Um, we've been really aligning with a lot of the uh, telecom companies in particular T-Mobile Sprint now. Um, we did the, the demonstration with them back in September and we're, we're doing a lot of great things with them, um, you know, specifically because we anticipate that, that connectivity is gonna be so important in the future of drone delivery operations.
0: Thanks, Ryan. Now, Ian, obviously remote ID, will play a huge role in the future of drone deliveries. Why don't you talk about how you expect the regulatory changes brought about by Remote ID to affect Zing? Yes,
1: yeah, so Remote ID is an essential part of the NAS- of NASA and FAA's UTM, or Unmanned Traffic Management, program. And this is going to be a major uh, breakthrough for drone delivery specifically. So under Part 135, If you're flying BVLOS, you need to know where all the other drones are operating in your airspace, and remote ID will be the key to unlocking that. Um, UAS service suppliers like AirMap, they are actually uh, spearheading this effort of remote ID. So, all of these UAS service suppliers are going to be working together, supplying uh, drone information like where all of the drones are in the airspace to drone delivery companies And once that is implemented, it's often said to be, like, the one thing that's going to enable flights over people, flights at night, and flight beyond visual line of sight without a waiver. So specifically for drone delivery, it's going to be huge for the industry once we get a finalized remote ID rule and two or three years down once all of the hardware has remote ID in it. Drone delivery is going to be much more commonplace.
0: I agree, and I think all of us look forward to that. And I know that will directly affect uh, Ryan's business as well, because the more drone deliveries are enabled, the more people will have a need for uh, a receptacle or a smart air box that can receive what the payload is Caring. So I want to move to economic recovery and talk a little bit about how your three respective companies can assist these businesses in various end user industries with recovering. You know, right now there's a big push for state by state economies to reopen and, and a balance between how long do we allow things to be shut down versus, um, you know, the concern that if we open too early, it may lead to a resurgence in infections and um, and make the disease even more widespread and problem- problematic than it was before. Cameron, what are some of the ways that Dragonfly can help end-user industries um, recover once we do get to a point um, where end-user industries are ready to begin operating again?
2: Well, we think this is one of the strongest use cases for the technology that we're onboarding. To camera networks and onto uh, drone systems. And uh, just to be clear, Art, the technology that we've developed doesn't work just on Dragonfly drones. We've made it available to be used on uh, any and all drones out there, just for the simple purpose of that we need to get the technology uh, prevalent and pervasive. Um, yeah, I'd like to say that it'll work better in a Dragonfly drone than anything else, but uh, I think that's yet to be seen. So this particular use case that you're talking about is dear to our heart. What we don't have right now this in this pandemic situation is we, is we don't have real time data we're dealing with consequence management here we see a population getting sick we build a model and we try to react and in, you know in many areas that reaction's been an overreaction and in many areas that reaction's been an underreaction the real risk here is you know do our public officials start to lose uh, credibility uh, when they need to put orders in place to protect population by using this type of technology that Dragonfly has uh, made available, you're dealing with real-time data to say, hey let's take a population sample over the course of this geographic area. Maybe a city, it might be a park, it may be a, a football game, it might be a workplace. and we can actually or a hospital and we can actually say, hey, infection rates right now um, are at 002 percent, which is which is the norm and uh if we see them start to spike or if we see them start to level off or whatever you know we've actually got some data that people can be relying on uh in order to provide the proper public safety and the transparency that's so important for us to still have faith in the decisions that they're making
0: absolutely ryan what about valkyrie what can you guys do to help end-user industries recover? I know you guys have done some great work and are doing great work in the forestry and mining industries. Those are just two that jump out that I know we've discussed before. What role do you see Valkyrie playing in helping these industries recover?
3: So we're really looking at a number of industries, uh, particularly to Ian and in your point earlier, that are completely acceptable under part 107. Um, we actually have some really exciting developments we'll be unveiling this summer uh, that are going to play directly into those industries and several others where we're going to be able to uh, provide much more uh, autonomous and, and automated deliveries to people in, in many industries from restaurants all the way to you know medical to forestry and mining. Um, so we're really excited to announce those when, when the technology is ready to be debuted. Um, but we see this being a big inflection point for where drones start, you know, commanding more of that, that tedious delivery type, um, you know, in, in many of the non-residential and commercial industries to start, and then, you know, proving the, the lessons learned there into some of the more mainstream stuff. So we think this is the beginning of a pretty exciting revolution.
0: We look forward to those announcements, Ryan, uh, and thank you very much. Uh, can't wait to see what you guys have up your sleeve. Um, and what about you? Obviously, restaurants are really hurting right now, and I don't mean to answer for you, but I'd have to imagine what Zing is doing right now is greatly assisting or has the potential to greatly assist uh, restaurants that are not able to serve customers nearly uh, to the degree they were prior to this pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's right, and certainly restaurants that, uh, uh, well, restaurants, pharmacies as well, especially with this no-contact uh, order in place and people practicing social distancing, I mean, even if you were to deliver by a drone from a car at the bottom of the driveway up to a house, you're effectively mitigating the potential for air particles to spread from one person to another. And that's something we really want to help with now and in the future, and like you mentioned, Grant, the FAA did put out an update recently saying that they were going to enable drone deliveries of test kits, most prescriptions, and even blood. So that really opens up the industry, especially if we can start delivering prescriptions because those are extremely lightweight items that can fit in a DJI Mavic, Phantom, or Inspire. So if, if we can deliver prescriptions in the future, since they're so lightweight, I think that will really be onto something.
0: I completely agree. And prescriptions are certainly a big issue right now as uh, t- tons of people are struggling to be able to function in their daily lives and they're dependent upon those medications. So prescriptions just as important to these people as food is. And it's just one more added benefit that drones are capable of providing. Um, guys we're almost out of time but i did want to kind of end on a fun note all three of your companies have very interesting names and you know i want to hear how each company came up with its name because because i think they're all unusual and incredibly catchy uh ryan why don't we start with you valkyrie is a is isn't that some sort of warrior or am i thinking of something else
3: no, it's it's absolutely correct, Grant. It's uh, you know related to the Norse mythology. Um, my my partner and, and I and some of our early uh, employees, we we tried to sit down for days to to look for a name that would you know, be catchy, and we could get all the domain names for, and there was open registries, and I think we filled up pages of potential names, and, you know, the apples and the Amazons of the world were already taken, so we had to get a little creative, and we liked the way this one was uh, visually appealing, and we could, you know, put our own twist on the spelling and and make it our own, so it was, you know, uh, a very long, arduous process to find this name.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also a character in the Marvel comics and on the Thor movies as well. Cool name. Um, Ian, what about Zing?
1: Yeah, so great question. Like uh, When I initially came up with the name, I was looking for something short and sweet. And then I was thinking about it for a long time as well. And uh, one when I, when I was listening to the drone actually fly over my head, it made this sound. It was like Zing. You know, it's the sound the drone makes as it zooms by. And I was like, you know what? It's fast delivery. That's the sound it makes. I thought it was just the perfect name.
0: I agree. I never thought about it, but I guess that sound does kind of sound like a zing. So... Interesting. And speaking of uh, insects and noise they, they make, uh, Cameron, what about Dragonfly? <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, so, our lead designer and founder's name is uh, Dragon Zenin. And uh, this first, his first name is Dragon, spelled D R A G A N. And so that's where our name comes from Dragonfly.
0: Yeah, but it's a, it's cool, especially when you look at it in terms of, you know, the aerial work you guys are involved in, and everyone thinks dragons are cool. So it's de- definitely a neat name. Guys, thank all three of you so much. This has been a, a great episode, and it's very interesting to hear how each of you are helping um, with the COVID-19 relief efforts and how you're using drones to do so. Um, just real briefly, um, if each of you want to close with just one thing that's coming up for your company that we should be on the lookout for um that'd be great uh ian we'll start with you
1: yeah so we're going to be moving into the dji enterprise space we want to start using the uh, dji matrice 210 and matrice 600 to make more heavy deliveries we want to get closer up to that 55 pound mark we might even start moving into uh, more 5g type applications
0: great ryan what about valkyrie
3: We've got some really exciting stuff to debut uh, coming up. Uh, We should have a number of partnership announcements that we'll be making in the upcoming months. And I'm really excited for what the future holds for Valkyrie, so we hope everybody stays tuned.
0: Awesome. Cameron? Uh, Well, Dragonfly is a public company. Our
2: symbol is D-F-L-Y-F. That's D-F-L-Y-F. And uh, so we've got a couple of exciting uh, acquisitions that we're looking at, and so we're going to continue to look down the acquisition trail. Uh, which uh, we think is important. We've got a couple service uh, initiatives that we'll be putting forward and our really big focus for the future on top of our, you know, ever always developing new uh, hardware and and cool sensors is uh, really getting into the data analytics side of things.
0: Absolutely. Again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I look forward to having you back on the program in the future. I hope you stay safe and healthy and and wish you all the continued success with all three of your companies you're doing great things for this industry and um i look forward to speaking to you again soon
1: thank you thank you thank you